feel like it's an 80s theme show. Duran Duran. Bernie is back in the Wildcat Insider. It's hour number two with Mitch Fortner and the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, and Sage Williams running the show. Just a few feet from us, but three panes of glass separate us. I've never been to these K-Man studios before. Well, if you missed hour one, it was quite impactful. We learned a lot from Jerome Tang, who's the new K-State men's basketball coach, of course. He's been now the coach for a couple of weeks, out there recruiting, doing his thing, being a coach, getting after on the transfer portal as well. But if you missed that conversation, hour one, the podcast is now up at newsradiokman.com and also just search for the game KMAN on wherever you get your podcast. Um Dream Dowling apparently was interacting with Drew Brees a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm sure out recruiting in Drew Brees happened to be there, but uh, that was cool to see there on social media. Dream Dowling has that might be the guy, Wyatt, you want to ask about social media. We talked about it in yes. hour number one, yeah, uh, because it was his Instagram account. We saw that uh, him and uh, Eric Malagy was on their way to Manhattan along with Marco Bourne. They were on their way to Manhattan on a private jet after the jet dropped off uh, Drum Tank's family, and uh, and now his uh, his Instagram is the place to be. Apparently, he's he's pretty active on there. I got, I'll have to ask him a little bit of uh, advice on how to do certain things. I'm <laughs> I'm not very good on Instagram. I'll use it every now and then, but I'm not great at it. So, uh, Facebook, Twitter, that's about it. Were you surprised Snapchat. at anything Coach Tang said today? No. It was fun having him on. No, it was great having him on. First time talking to him here on the show, and it won't be the last. And I'm sure we'll get assistant coaches on here at some point. And want to thank, uh, well, K-State, of course, for setting that up, and especially Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom, uh, who's been, I'm sure, incredibly busy yes, dealing with all those media requests and uh, <laughs> trying to get everybody their interviews. But uh, thank you, Tom, and thank you, K-State, for getting that set up. But no, uh, nothing did surprise me. Uh, was not surprised about Shane Southwell not getting offered the job. Uh, of course, Jerome Tang has his people. Uh, the way he spoke, I mean, the way he spoke about the guys he's bringing in, there's already great relationships there. And doesn't or it does help as well that they also kick butt at recruiting. So no surprise at all. Yeah. Well, when, when Coach Tang was introduced, he, he talked about going to get some dudes is the way he put it, if we, yeah. you remember that. and. You know, I think that <laughs> that's exactly why those guys were hired to go get some dudes, along with the the head coach's help. And I I have been impressed with them so far in in the way they have gone about their business. I mean, they hit the ground running that Friday morning after the presser, didn't they? And uh, yeah, haven't really stopped since. And here we are, uh, past the final four, and just hours away from the national championship game. And of course, uh, April seventh, we're going to start finding out about, you know, where everybody is headed, not only here, but all around the country with so many in the portal and all of the recruiting things. Um, but but again, I, I really think those first two hires that he had in terms of his assistant coaches were guys that he had in his mind, you know, if and when he became a head coach. And it happened, you know, here just a couple of weeks ago. And so here we go, and uh, I think he's he's thrilled with with what he has. And you heard you heard him say it. I mean, he basically said it. I don't want to speak for him. He'll go back and listen to the podcast, but he he basically called Coach Malinge best recruiter in the country. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. And uh, to give you a kind of an update on what's going on with the recruiting, uh, it appears that LSU transfer Brandon Murray has uh, decided to come take a visit here at K State, which is great news. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, 
A lot of eligibility, three years of eligibility remaining. SEC All-Freshman team a year ago. He's a fantastic defender. Uh, averaged 10 points, three rebounds, two assists a ball game. Of course, you like to see those numbers go up, but I do love the defensive part of his game. And, of course, if you're Drum Tang, you, you love a great defender, especially if you're uh, a Tang player uh, who uh, is definitely a defensive guy but also knows his offense as well for sure. And then uh, another player that I saw, Bradley transfer, Terry Roberts, has put K-State in his top 10. So, uh, I mean, things are working. Uh, probably should ask, Coach, you know, what's the strategy behind the players you pick out for um, out of the transfer portal? There's over 1,000 guys in sure. there, but I'm sure, you know, it, I, I think, like, just guessing on just how I know how he would speak and just the kind of person he is, that it's guys he would have a great feeling that could take him to the next level. Guys that played well early on in their careers, especially with the guys that are in the portal and the guys that have been listed on the big board, if you would call it, the big board of recruiting, the guys have played very well early in their careers. That's one thing that I will say, being at the Division One level, covering basketball like I have since 89, it's a, I've always been amazed, regardless of the staff and the individuals, how much they know about all of the players in college basketball. Mm-hmm. It is it. I mean, it's what they do. They know, um, and and if they don't, they're going to learn it pretty quickly. And my point is, is that I think even as they hit the ground running that Friday, uh, they had a pretty good sense and idea of what they wanted to do right out of the gate and go from there. Uh, I'm 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 convinced of it, and I I think uh, they're going to bring some really talented young players in here on visits and, and hopefully sell them to become Wildcats, and off we go. I mean, you don't have – you don't go 19 years and as, a, as an assistant and associate head coach at Baylor <laughs> who really grew up as a program in those nearly two decades and also be successful at the transfer portal and not have a plan sure. when you come to K-State. He was fully ready to go, I'm sure, with a plan in mind on how to attack this thing. Now, where the plan is probably expanding now is because of the transfer portal, and it's what we expected, right? We knew guys were going to leave. There's a coaching change. You see it happen all over the country, even before the transfer portal. A coaching change is made, and guys who are playing for that coach just go elsewhere. And I understand it. I get it. The names are now adding up for K-State basketball. So three more names enter today, Davion Bradford, KC Agu. And uh, Max Edwards, Maximus Edwards, who I would call, looks like Post Malone. But the other names that are also in there, Nigel Pack, Luke Kasubke, Selton Miguel, Siri Lewis, and Carlton Lingard. So it's been happening in groups, at least it feels like, at least the last group and maybe the previous group uh, where we saw like multiple names in a day. Like in a way that can almost feel overwhelming a little bit, but it, it, you know, it'll fizzle off afterwards. But when you see like eight guys jumping in the portal, yeah, it feels crazy. The way I'll put it in just my personal feeling about it, I actually think this is a good thing that we're seeing all these names jump to the portal with the exception of Nigel Pack. That is the one that hurts. It feels like a punch in the gut because he was a superstar last year. And he was on a pace. I don't know if you heard this show I did, Wyatt, or this segment about where I talked about the kind of record pace he was on. But he was on an incredible pace to break uh, Jacob Pullen's record, his three-point shooting record, 
And if he was on the same pace he had been in the previous two years, he would break that record in 32 less games than Jacob Pullen. And we remember what kind of score Jacob Pullen was. Oh, sure. So that, when it comes to the scoring and what he could do, especially from three, the way it hurts, like you love Nigel, but that's also really hard to replace. That talent is, it feels like, especially with K-State status, like what the, what kind of talent comes in, does feel few and far between. Well, you might rank him up there with maybe like a Marcus Foster. Well, I, I think what I would say at this point is, is I think you could probably safely say that Nigel Pack was a pretty elite shooter. Okay? I don't know if you could say he was necessarily an elite athlete. That'd probably be a pretty big stretch. And he's an undersized guy. Mm-hmm. But as a shooter, he's he's towards the top of the league, whether it's especially from, from the three-point line. And I think, you know, everybody w- enjoyed watching him play, and he was on a terrific pace. I mean, <laughs> it's always hard when you lose a first-team All-Big 12 guy because think about the strength of the league this year. Um, and to to have an all league guy is not easy, so I know there, you know, people were probably surprised by it. But I I think, you know, trying to look at it from both sides, I'm sure Nigel is looking at, at this as there's opportunity out there. Let me see what's out, uh, out there, and 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 go from there. And I I think, I think to Coach Tang when he was on last hour and and pretty consistently in the short time he's been here has basically said I want guys that want to be here we're going to get guys that want to be here uh, I'm not saying Nigel didn't or won't or hasn't but I'm I'm saying I I think you know I think he was expecting some attrition and and certainly we've seen it now there is one other name and I agree with everything you just said why yeah. if there's another name that if I were to put next to Nigel Pack that I was like a little bit bummed out to see leave is actually Carlton Lingard, because I felt like he, if you if you put a lot of work into him, he could really grow into a good player. I love his athleticism, his size, of course. Yeah, uh, I felt like he had upside, but outside of him, I mean, Luke Kasuki, Selt Miguel. I, I I don't want to include Max Edwards in this. He, he left without playing a minute. That, that that's just kind of whatever, you know. But with like Davion Bradford, Casey Ziegu, Lucas Subki, Selton Miguel, like those those four had plenty of opportunities to show how good of a player they are, and you know as a group, hopefully they could help make K State a better program, a better team. And they had a couple of years to do it, and it did not work. It did not work out. You didn't really see much improvement from them making the teams better. With the coaching change, it feels like you have to move on from that. You have to grow from that. Yeah, I I couldn't argue with that. And 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 to further expand on Carlton Lingard, I think what you're describing is a long, angular, athletic guy who can shoot it, who really didn't have much of a chance to show what he could do for a variety of reasons. I mean, the whole not the whole time, but a large portion of the time that he was here. He really wasn't healthy enough to play, yeah. whether whether it was COVID protocol or or you know injuries or whatever it might be. I get like most people would what you're saying with his potential, but he never really had an opportunity to get to that potential, and that's the frustrating part. But you, it doesn't take long to watch him shoot the ball and and to run. 
Now, did he need to be stronger? Yes. Did he need to be a better defender? Yes. Did he need to stay healthy? Yes. So, so there, <laughs> the, the negatives probably in his particular case, right or wrong, uh, the, the negatives probably outweighed the positive, at, right. at least through the time he was here, unfortunately. Yeah, the uh, the high school recruits. It's <laughs> I I, I got to imagine like Coach Tang and Company got to be extremely focused on the uh, the transfer portal at this point. I mean, that's the only way to truly build this team at this point. Of course, I mean, that's no surprise. I mean, there's so many players out there in the transfer portal. Uh, I, I don't know like if, if it would be stressful on them. It would just be absolutely nuts right now and just focusing on all these individuals. But th- this is the route. This is absolutely the route that they have to go in build a team out of the transfer portal. And I'm not saying I mean I, I you got to give them patience. I'm not expecting the craziest year in year 1 or anything like that. But a stepping stone, right? I mean it's years 2 and 3 that are pretty pivotal in the coach Tang era. But year 1 is just about, you know, rebuilding a team and showing that you have improved already. I and mean, that's where the pressure is, I suppose. Yeah, it's an interesting subject, I suppose, because I think you I, I do not want to sit here and say today that the group of players that Coach Tang brings in will have no freshmen because I don't believe that'll be so. I think there will be one or two. Sure. I do. Me too. But but I think like a Texas Tech and an Iowa State with the with uh, Ish Masood back with Marquise Noel back, you're going to have to have some immediate impact. That's that's obvious. And and we saw. Tech do it. We saw Iowa State do it to a lesser degree, maybe Texas. Um, it, it's just the way of the world now. And how many times did you hear not only the K-State coaches, but every coach in the league and every coach almost everywhere say, get old, stay old. That's kind of the motto now for those coaches. That, and, and they can do that and rebuild relatively quickly through the portal. I'll just add this, and we can wrap it up here about the transfer portal. And yes, it's nuts. Seeing eight names in there is a big number, but it's like we said, it's something you expected, a big change. I'll just add that the players that this coaching staff is are going after in the portal, they're not scrubs. I mean, to 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 sum it up, the way I would put it is everybody they're going after. Those programs didn't want to lose those players. <laughs> they wanted to keep them around. They're probably bummed out they're losing those players. Coach Tang is going after those kind of players. Yeah. And with, with over 1,000 young men in there already, and we're not even through the championship game yet, and there will be more, um, you know, there's, there's opportunities for a lot of kids in a lot of places. That's, that's pretty bluntly stated, but it is so. And as many coaches have said when it comes to the transfer portal, all those players aren't exactly going to find a place to play basketball well, next that's the, year. Well, that's the downside of it, too, because yeah. I, I, I do think that there will be a, a decent percentage of them that don't necessarily find another place or one that they had hoped to get to. Yeah, the, the caliber of place they feel like they deserve to go to. Yes. All right, let's take a break because coming up next, I'm going to speak with Dylan Phillips, the new K-State baseball home run king. He set the record on Saturday. Can talk about that home run, what it's like to be a home run hitter. What's the secret to be a home run hitter? That's coming up next on Wildcat Insider. MJ, 
course. There's three MJs, right? Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Michael Johnson. Of course, Michael Johnson was a sprinter, right? <laughs> Pocket Insider continues. Mitch Fortner and Wyatt Thompson. Had a fun show. Guess you got done talking about the transfer portal, how chaotic that's been. I think it's going to lead to nothing but the best for K-State men's basketball. Drum Ting was our guest in the first hour. Head over to NewsRadioKman.com. Click on that on-demand tab and listen to all of our past shows. Just go marathon them. Do nothing tomorrow, but just marathon the shows. You can go listen to old music versus movies, old interviews, some good content out there. But we continue on with Wildcat Insider with this conversation with K-State Baseball's Dylan Phillips. A man of many positions. He plays right field. Last year and previous years, he's played in left field. But as of recent, we've seen him play a lot of first base, and occasionally he'll step on the mound. He's one of the few lefties that K-State baseball has this season. But you made a herd back on Wednesday. I'm sorry, back on Saturday, became the home run king. Home run number 38 and 39 for K-State's Dylan Phillips against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Dylan Phillips, appreciate your time here on Wildcat Insider. Just how does it feel to be the new home run king at K-State? Uh, it feels good. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily like it takes pressure off, but um, you know, it definitely kind of eases some things because now it's definitely just all about winning, which that's been my main goal from the start, and uh, hopefully we can start turning that on. Yeah, when you're approaching the record and you're going up to the plate for your at-bats, like, would you go up there with the record in your mind, or were you able to keep focus on just the task at hand, get on base any way you possibly could? Yeah. Um, kind of funny. I joke around sometimes with my teammates about, you know, each time I go up there, I'm trying to hit a home run, which is sort of true in some ways. But, um, yeah, I mean, getting closer and closer, just had to focus on not trying to force it and just doing what I would do every at-bat. So when a pitcher is on the brink of throwing a no-hitter or throwing a perfect game, you do not talk to that pitcher in the dugout. Don't say a thing. Don't put it in their mind that they're about to hit history. Just leave it alone. Let them go out there and do their thing. Now, what is it like for a hitter? And you're on the brink of setting the new home run record. Are guys talking to you in the dugout, or do they leave you alone? Um, Not a lot. Uh, my roommate Griff, he, uh, he like joking around. That I he hopes I didn't hit any more uh, home runs the rest of the year once I was getting close to it, um, which kind of turned into a running joke because every time he said it, I would hit one more. So, well, he should be definitely talking to you every day about not hitting home runs. Then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can't don't want to push the luck too much. So, do you remember the pitch? Yeah. Yep. Nice high fastball. Is there a well? Let me let me ask you this first before we get to that. Because um, right after you hit the home run, the inning ends, and you guys are up one nothing. Now you're going back on defense. And that day, Saturday, you're playing first base, and uh, you run out there by yourself so you can get your ovation. But did you know coach was going to hold everybody back so you run out there by yourself? Was that planned? 
Uh, I had no clue about it. Um, I was kind of confused when I got halfway out there and nobody else was out there and then kind of clicked about what was, what was happening. Speaking with K-State's Dylan Phillips here on Wildcat Insider. So, I mean, what is the secret to hitting home runs? Is is it all about – you don't have to be, like, the, the best lifter in the weight room, do you? No, I think mainly it kind of just comes down to your timing and um, honestly just backspinning the ball and uh, just always getting your pitch to hit. I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe this goes back to your time in high school, but when did you know that you you had what it takes? You figured it out. You knew you had the power to hit home runs. Um, I think that it kind of came on late my freshman year um, here at K-State. Because in high school, I mean, I didn't hit that many home runs. I think probably maybe 10 total. Um, but I think it was, it was sometime later in my freshman year that I think I had a two-home run game, and then it kind of clicked that uh, maybe maybe this is something that I should focus and try to do more of. Well, lately you've been playing a little bit more first base, but we've seen you in right field, of course, this season, but previously in left field, and a couple of times this year we've seen you as a pitcher. But uh, is there a place in the field that you feel most comfortable, or are you okay with playing almost anywhere? Definitely okay with playing anywhere. Um, You know, I enjoy first a lot just because that's what I played for so many years, all the way through high school. Um, But, no, I'm I'm okay with everywhere. I mean, in the outfield, you can make some cool catches, throw some guys out. Uh, First year's a little more involved, which is fun for me. Would you like to pitch more? Um, if you know, if Coach Hughes asked me to, then that's kind of my mindset. Um, and if it's going to help the team, then definitely. Well, how big was that win on Sunday against Oklahoma State to get that first win in Big Twelve play? I think, I think it was pretty pretty big for us. Just the, you know, we we lost the series, but to see that win, seven two win, pitchers were great. Defense was good. Hitters, hitters were doing their job. Um, I think it'll definitely relax some guys, and then going forward, you know, hopefully we have more games like Sunday. We're speaking with Dylan Phillips here on Wildcat Insider. All right, just a couple more for you here, Dylan. Uh, a couple of fun questions before I let you go. I was reading your bio today at KStateSports.com, and it says you like playing video games in your spare time. I'm a pretty big gamer myself, so it's just curious here about what games you like to play. Um, I was a big Warzone and Fortnite guy um, the last, like, three years. Now, when I'm playing, it's uh, PGA golf. Okay, like the new one that just came out not too long ago. Um, I have not gotten the new one yet. I'm still on the, the 21. Okay. Do you guys play in the clubhouse? Because I know men's basketball, like they have consoles uh, at at the uh, basketball training facility. But do you guys play at Toyton? Yeah, there's there's always two people playing MLB the Show. Somebody is usually playing Grand Theft Auto or <laughs> Fortnite. Man, I'm I'm, I'm so surprised Fortnite's such still such a big deal. 
I know. I think it's making a comeback now. I, I'm more of a Warzone guy. I never got into Fortnite or maybe PUBG as well or Apex or whatever, but uh, uh, I never was a Fortnite guy. All right, and then uh, last one for you here is whenever I uh, interview a student athlete, whatever sport they play, I want to know what your favorite movie is of that sport. So do you have a, a favorite baseball movie? The one that's sticking out right now is uh, probably Benchwarmers or Moneyball. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, Dylan, hey, I appreciate your time. Um, good luck the rest of the season. You have Creighton tomorrow night, so uh, good luck against the Blue Jays. Thank you. So uh, when when Dylan hit the home run, everybody was getting me ready for uh, announcing just over the PA that, hey, Dylan's hit the, the new home run record. And I was like, well, should we add, like, uh, all hail the home run king, like make a cheesy big deal out of it? They are like, no, they're not feeling it. And I was like, <laughs> let's run with this. Let's get the guy a crown. Every time he hits another home run, when he comes back to the dugout, stick a crown on his head. I remember, you remember Drew Mount Wyatt? Do you remember that name? He played, I just, maybe one or two seasons, but I know he had like one big year. I think it was just one year. And like, I think every time he hit a home run, he would take a bite of a whole onion. Really? I don't remember that I, name. I believe it was an onion, but he was only here in, I think he was here just 2018. Okay. Heck, I remember one game, Drew Mount. He got the nickname Mount Crushmore after this game because he hit I re- two. I remember that now. Now he, that that clicked with me. He d- yeah. he hit two grand slams in one game, and he was the first to do it since like '94, back when Iowa State had a had a baseball team. Wow! But uh, Dylan Phillips now with 39 career home runs is the home run king in K State baseball. Coming up next, six o'clock, six o two to be exact. But a six o two first pitch hosting. The Creighton Blue Jays at Twinton Family Stadium. That is this Tuesday at Twinton Family Stadium. Pre-game will start at 5.30 here on News Radio KMAN. A timeout. Let's get to some Twitter questions when we come back here on Wildcat Insider. All right, let's get to some of those Twitter questions. I believe I said it multiple times last week or maybe the week uh, the week prior that I was going to get to Twitter questions, and I just never got to them, and I said it like 100 times. Uh, so that's my bad. <laughs> Trying to do better here. Still kind of uh, getting my uh, feet wet here on this hosting thing. So uh, let's get to some Twitter questions here. So first of all, let's start with uh, Ryan here. Ryan asks, if you could switch one fruit – over to be on team vegetable, which one would you choose? So my answer is simple because I think we all consider it a vegetable anyway, and it should be a vegetable, but it's a fruit technically, tomatoes. I, I couldn't argue with that. I'll go with that. Because I'm not I, I love I love all fruits besides grapefruit. Oh, you don't like grapefruit? I do not. It's too sour for me. Really? No. Nah. I, re- I really like it actually. Could, are you, are you one of those guys that could eat like? I, I, seems like a stereotypical thing to do, but like split a grapefruit in half and like spoon it out or whatever. You ever been one of those people? Uh, I've seen one person do it. And I thought it was so weird. I, I can't say that I've done that, but I I I mean, I get a half of one and I'll, I'll I could eat one every morning. I mean, who with, eats with a bowl of oatmeal? Or who whatever. eats fruit with a utensil? That's what I want to know. I I have a a well. 
a spoon that that's shaped a little different for grapefruit. Uh huh. Really? Yeah. I, well, I don't have it. My wife does. But okay. Yeah. I'm just there. She does all the work. <laughs> I I remember being on the road with soccer one time, and uh, they at the breakfast bar they had cut up grapefruit. Uh huh. But I thought it was something else. Oh. And I got a whole bunch of it because it looked good. I love fruit. And I took a big old bite out of a couple pieces, and oh man, I puckered up. Hell yeah! I was like, I, I, I was not. That was the first time I ever had grapefruit, and I was like, I'm not touching this stuff again. Wow. Yeah. So, but tomatoes, You've I've been always. Deprived. What's that? You've been deprived. I, you didn't eat grapefruit as a little kid. At no. Why? Wow. No, I don't remember ever having grapefruit. I remember. I mean, you could have a banana forever because there's always a bunch of bananas. Sure. Um, apples was a big thing in my house. Once in a while, oranges. I lo- oranges is my favorite fruit. Uh, grapes. But that's about it. I like them all. Strawberries. Is strawberries yes. technically oh. fruit? I guess oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. And um, I typically am. I'm a big strawberry guy. I can eat a whole package in one sitting. Sure. Uh, same thing with grapes. I can eat a bunch of grapes, which you don't want to do, by the way. It'll just tear you up. <laughs> but... Um, Man, I, I love fruit. I'm okay with vegetables. I was never a vegetable kid growing up. Who was? Uh, but I like a lot of things now. A lot of things I never used to. Mushrooms, won't do it. Olives, hate them. I accidentally ate an olive about two weeks ago. It was on a pizza pizza. Disgusting. Sage, what is wrong with this guy? What is your Disgusting. deal, dude? Seriously? It was, I used to hate tomatoes, but... Um, and I still don't exactly like a fresh tomato. Not really my thing. If you grind it up, put some spice in it, and make salsa, I'm fine. But uh, olives, oh, I can't do it. Can't do it. Weird. Same thing with mushrooms. Weird. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you, Go ahead. Say it. You need help, brother. You need yeah. help. <laughs> well, what foods do you not like so I can counter this? Well, honestly, that's probably my problem. I don't have very many that I won't eat. I, when I was young, my my mother had a pretty cro- wide cross section of of meat, fruits, vegetables, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I I'm not a. If you pin me to the wall and say, "What do you just not like?" I would probably say I'm not real crazy about squash. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't really had it very. Uh, I don't remember I, if I, I have had it. Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, let's see. It that would probably be at the top of the list. Are you a spinach lover or no? So okay, so like f- like fresh or raw spinach. Uh-huh. Like uh, like if I go to a sandwich shop, I will ask for spinach on my sandwich. Yeah, cooked spinach. I remember my dad would buy this canned Popeyes spinach. And then throw it in a little little pan and cook it up or do something with it. And you're going to tell me you hated that, right? So, oh, Wyatt, come on. It's so gross. <laughs> oh, it's so nasty. Cooked you, spinach? You need help, boy. You need help. I, I could eat that twice a week easily. Oh I, I really God. like it. I do, I'm serious. I do. It's good for you. Oh, I know it is. Yeah. That's why I... I but like raw spinach, like I think it's great in a salad or whatever. Sure. It's fine. But for some reason, something happens to it when you <laughs> start playing with it and cooking it and well, add heat, messes it all up. That's an interesting Twitter question, by the way. I want I want to I want to keep going with this food thing here. Okay. I think we're on a on a good subject here. 
I mentioned sandwiches. Yep. Like, build me what you think is, like, the go-to sandwich. Like, if you're at home and... Or if you go grocery shopping, like, what kind of deli meat are you going to buy? Or do you go to the deli? Do you buy the prepackaged stuff? You, you know what? I, I have not had one of these forever. And you will you will oh, not, you I, will not like me. I for actually kind of want to guess, but okay, go ahead. Is it fried bologna? Yes, fried bologna is killer good. Small town yeah. kid. <laughs> and again, I try to stay away from it because it is not good for you. Yeah, sure, but um, we grew up with it, so I mean, it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was just part of who we were and what we did. Well, I remember you remember the event K State had with the Shamrock Zone when they g- gave us an opportunity to try all the foods. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was was that pre press conference. Yes, I think so. And they laid it all out. I got there a little bit late mm-hmm. for the food. They had a little of that, didn't they? I got the fried bologna sandwich. Yeah. It was pretty good. Heck yeah! It was. I would say the 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 bologna was a little bit too thick. Like it was a little bit too much bologna, uh, but it was still pretty good. Like the sauce they put on it was really good. I hadn't had one of those in a long time, but I remember my mom, we were in Nashville, Tennessee. We were on at the, one of the bars there on Broadway, and it was a dive with the the kitchen was behind the bar, and they had on the menu fried bologna sandwiches. My mom was like, oh, my goodness. I had one of these in years. I grew up on these things. Uh-huh. I was like, well, get one. She didn't do it, but I was like, yeah, small town thing. It really was. I, I had a few of those as a kid myself. I don't know that my mother would eat one, but my dad would eat one every day. Now, what would you put on your sandwich? Are you a mayo guy, mustard? I, I can pickles? do both. Uh, oh, definitely pickles. Me too. I asked for extra pickles. And, oh, for sure. I, I'm I'm one of those guys that when I'll go to the store and try to find like the the pickles that are hot, you know, that have a little kick to them. Okay. Yeah. I. My Whether parents, it's Tabasco laced or anything else, it doesn't matter. Well, I, I like hot. I, I tell you what, next time I go to my parents' house who live in Morganville, <clears throat> their, neighbor, their neighbor, who we've known for a very long time, last name is Affolder, great people, he makes his own spicy pickles. Wow. They are hot and they are fantastic. Next time I go, I'll try to get you some. There you go. So if you really enjoy those things. Yeah, I very much I'll, do. I'll try to hook you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. We, let, let's squeeze in another question here. This one from Curtis. Um, will we see any new unis for football this year? I need an over-under on this. Oh, that's a tough one because yeah. at last check with Coach Kleiman on that, remember I think I said here a few months ago that you know they had, a, because of COVID, they had a couple of postponements and meetings with, with Nike. But I'll be honest with you, I don't have an update on that, and I don't want to speak out of turn. So let's let's let me ask a little bit about that and see if see if I can attack that one next week and have a better answer for you. Sorry, right. sorry. All right, let's take our final timeout. We'll talk a little natty coming up next. Chip and men's college basketball will be decided tonight. An eight twenty tip off, North Carolina and Kansas on TBS. Couple of minutes left on Wildcat Insider, Mitch and Wyatt, and uh, well, tonight, oh boy, we'll see how it goes. 
National Championship game from New Orleans, Louisiana. Kansas and North Carolina. North Carolina an eight seed. Kansas a one seed. It's an 820 tip off on TBS. Kansas is a four point favorite. I hate that we have to deal with this. KU in a national championship game. Remember in 08, you know, that was a year uh, Cats finally won in Bramlage. Great moment. And then they go win a natty. Well, now we had another great moment. Jerome Tang hired as a head coach of K-State. Now they're back in the national championship game, which some would say, I've heard it a lot out there, that they had a very easy route to this national championship game. That's according to a lot of the analytics. Ken Palm would definitely say that. Yes. Uh, with their hardest opponent to be Villanova, but they got past that. Now North Carolina is waiting for them. And Villanova without their second-best player. So True, <laughs> true. I guess you can look at it how you want to, but the reality of it is is that KU has not they, – they've gotten all the way to the finals and not necessarily played their best game. They were really good shooting the ball in the first half Saturday. Yes. But, but Remy carried them through the first four – and then Abaji went crazy on, on Saturday. It'll be very interesting to see what happens tonight because, as we heard Coach Tang say in the first hour, Carolina has probably the best starting five in, in college basketball. And they do have some matchup issues, to be honest with you, with Armando Baycott, with Brady Manick, who we're familiar with. And then Caleb Love, a St. Louis kid, has just been spectacular in the tournament. I, I'm really excited to watch this game because just from a matchup perspective, I think – Basketball can be pretty simple, too. But I think this game will be in this high 70s, even uh, mid to high 70s. And I think it'll be a very close game. Brady Manick has really grown up. I remember the uh, the image I have stuck in my head is when, of course, Dean Wade in oh, that yeah. game where they won the Big 12 title, the reverse dunk, yes. which was insane. And Brady Manick was right there. And Dean Wade <laughs> used to own Brady Manick. Now he's playing in a national championship game for North Carolina. Wyatt, thank you for coming in once again. Good Absolutely. to talk to you. Enjoyed it. Thanks so for much. For Sage Williams, for Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. The game tomorrow from 4 to 5.30. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.